Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. Iraqi forces have recaptured Mosul Airport in a four-hour-long operation backed by the US-led International Coalition. The assault is a key part of the government's plan to drive the Islamic State from the western half of Iraq's second-largest city. Harry Horton reports from Washington. The operation began with overnight airstrikes by the US-led coalition. Iraqi police units, backed by regular army forces, then entered the airport on Thursday morning. After heavy clashes with Islamic State militants holed up inside airport buildings, Iraqi forces controlled more than half the airport by Thursday afternoon. The capture of the airport will be seen as a major boost for the Iraqi government as they battle to recapture Mosul from IS. The UN has expressed concern about as many as 650,000 civilians trapped inside Mosul. More than 160,000 people have already fled their homes in and around the city. Harry Horton, Washington. UN-sponsored peace talks between the Syrian government and opposition groups are underway in Geneva for the first time in nearly 12 months. The two sides at first are not meeting face-to-face. Police have fired tear gas on students in Paris who'd blockaded a number of high schools protesting against the alleged police rape of a young black man known as Theo. The demonstrations are just the latest to be held in France over the alleged rape and other reported police abuses. Marine Le Pen's chief of staff has been placed under formal investigation by French prosecutors over claims the Front National Party ran a scheme for years diverting European funds to its party staff. The European Parliament is reclaiming $360,000 from Le Pen. Elena Cassas reports. Marine Le Pen's chief of staff, Catherine Grisset, has been placed under formal investigation for receiving misused public funds when she was being paid by the European Parliament while working for the Front National in France. Le Pen could herself be charged over the claims. She says the justice system is trying to interfere in the presidential election. The case has yet to hit her support base. Polls now give her 27.5% in the first round on April 23rd. 
Her main rival, Emmanuel Macron, has also had an election boost. Veteran centrist leader François Bayrou, who's run for president himself four times, has announced the two have formed an alliance. Elena Casas, Brussels. The presidential election in Ecuador will go into a second round on April 2nd. The leftist governing party's Lenin Moreno came up just short of the 40% required for an outright victory after Sunday's poll. For breaking news updates, you can follow us on Twitter at Feature Story. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Webcology starts now. Only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the 23rd of February, 2017. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined with joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh, Dave, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's kind of trite on a podcast to talk about today's weather, but I gotta say, it's the 23rd of February. I'm in Toronto, Canada. And it's 20 to 21 degrees Celsius, which is like somewhere between 68 and 70 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's like, you know, the second, the third week of February. I'm, I'm just mind blown. Yeah, you're rubbing it in my face. We've got like uh, two degrees here. So for our friends uh, in the States, it's, it's coming in at about, I don't know, 35 degrees. <laughs> so... I'm not listening to you. You're supposed to be getting the miserable weather. Well, yeah, the, the, this time last year it was negative 20, if that's any consolation for you. Today it's plus 20. <laughs> uh, it's going back down to insane super cold over the weekend, but... Uh, but for just, now, enjoy it. Well, yeah, it's just worth noting that these things are happening. Um it's a tight show today. We have a really good show today. We have um, a special guest, George. Uh, if I get your last name wrong, I apologize. This is Webcology, so your name could come out Smith. Even though your name is George uh, Freetag, the uh, the local search evangelist at uh, at Moz or at Moz Local, he's going to be coming on at twenty after the hour. Before we get there, though, it's been a uh, been a notable week in search. One of the uh, great champions of SEO at Google, uh, I think one of the one of the people who, over the years, truly understood uh, search engine optimization and, and and search marketing in general. Uh, Miley Oily Oye is uh, is leaving Google. I know it's kind of sad. And then right after, like just uh, 
you know, a few days before that was putting out that video on what to look for when you're hiring an SEO. So kind of going out on a, on a high note, probably saying some of the stuff she wanted to say, and now just sort of went, Hey, here's my final, like sort of gift to the SEO community. You know, we've all been kind of nice to her. She's been nice to us. And now she's going here and I'll remind everybody that this takes a while. (laughs) So thanks for the going away present. Oh, I don't know. From the couple of conversations I had with her over the years, I'm sure there was a few other things she wanted to say on her way out. Uh, <laughs> um, she was the she was the former developer uh, programs uh, tech lead at at Google. The um the carousel is probably the most. Uh, I mean, she she did a billion things there, but the thing that uh, search users and and SEOs will recognize that is distinctly hers is a search carousel that was that was miley's yeah so um bon voyage uh good for good for you and she just i think she just had a baby a couple of months ago so she's got a new family a young family and um you know she's been there long enough to be a millionaire so uh good for you, miley, <laughs> and uh, congratulations yeah that's brilliant another um, cool thing google's done um did you hear about uh, Perspective, the, the new troll-fighting API Google has? Isn't that awesome? I'll take the story away. This is, this is brilliant. I love it. Okay, well, have you played with it yet? I haven't. I haven't. I just was reading about it, like, 15 minutes before our show. Okay, if you get a chance, go to PerspectiveAPI.com. Perspective as in, like, you know, you can see, you see something. You can perspective on something. API.com. And, um... They allow you to sort of test the parameters of uh, of, of uh, Google Perspective. And um, do I still have it? You know what? I'm sorry. I don't have it open anymore. I had it open on screen a few minutes ago. Um, what it does is it helps developers um, identify words, phrases, or um, expressions that tend to lead to toxic conversations or be covering top toxic subject matter. Um, the last couple of years, some social media applications and even, even, even the comment sections of some newspapers or, or even, you know, well-known blogs have become kind of unusable because of uh, the nastiness of the troll, cl- of the, the clique of trolls, the massive clique of trolls that are out there. Mm-hmm. So for, uh, Perspective API sort of gives uh, developers a chance to suss out what is, I guess, you know, respectful conversation versus what becomes really toxic. And it does this in a number of ways. Um, it does this by looking at links that people use to uh, to demonstrate their points. It looks at the language people use to demonstrate their points. Um, it looks at uh, uh, certain, co- not just beyond language, but certain combinations of words people use. And it scores it on a uh, scale of 0 to 100, 100 being like really badly horrible toxic, 0 being relatively benign. It's the uh, very first iteration of this tool. And there's going to be 101 holes in it. It's going to, it's going to, I mean, this is really the Google developers just got together and said, hey, let's fix this problem. But it's such a massive problem with so many, I mean, 
trolls come in all shapes and sizes, and there's all sorts of reasons for somebody wanting to be a complete jerk online. Mm-hmm. Um, heaven knows I got mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your excuse, Dave? <laughs> um, so the developers acknowledge that they're not going to get it right the first time. Don't troll them. They know they don't got it right. Uh, they already got that. But they're asking for people to help them out. If you have any suggestions, again, go to perspectiveapi.com. Mess around with it. You don't got to be a developer to mess around to mess around with um, the test parameters. So give it a ride. See what you think. And let the Google developers know you might actually be making, let's make Twitter great again. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, find a way to breed out the trolls. That's, that's, that's what I think. What do you, anyway, could something like this actually work? I, I think it can, um, only because of the brains that are and the technology that are behind it. It couldn't have worked a couple of years ago. It can work now, um, I think. And I mean, you know, fair of them, hey, this isn't perfect right now. Um, but I think the metric they're using is great. And, and for our listeners who don't know, like the, the core metric they're using or, or the core success uh, point is how likely is a, is a comment um, going to have somebody exit from a conversation. Like that's essentially what they're trying to measure against. So the more likely somebody will leave a conversation after a specific type of message is put in, um, or that like somebody new would come out, that's, that's what they're using as, as the core sort of measurable. Um, I think it's interesting. And what it ends up leading to as well on our end is don't feed the trolls, right? Like in the future, it'll be a, if there is a troll, Hey, don't feed them because if you put comments, well, that might send these AI, uh, send the AI some signals that, oh, okay, people are still continuing. Hey, maybe this kind of comment in this context isn't actually offensive. Um, so, you know, we'll have to behave like we should be behaving <laughs> to get it done. Uh, but I think it's a really, really good metric on their end to be following um, to go, okay, because some comments could look like trolling or, you know, I mean, you can think of them, I can think of them where, Oh no, just the verbiage I would use in this specific instance could look, if you were just looking at keywords, could look like something, but no, you know, could look like trolling, but it's not. It just happens to use these certain keyword parameters that, that they might look at. Um, so I think, yeah, measuring the, the semantics of it against, um, you know, sort of how likely the person I'm, I'm chatting with will be to leave a conversation. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know how hard it is to avoid the anti-Semitic joke here? I mean, like, because it's so obvious. It's like the, the joke is just basically rolling out, but I can't say it because this is radio and it'll be misinterpreted. So, and it'll be very toxic or something. And it probably would be, but it's, I, you know, it's just a plan. Anyway, um, <laughs> can't use that joke. It was better than the Trump one I had in mind. (laughs) I'm sure it was. Uh, Another piece of interesting news. We're talking about weird stuff. So Google just announced earlier today, I I don't know if you saw this one, um, that they had cracked one of the building blocks on on web encryption. So what this means for for people in our our listening audience um, was SHA-1, which we've all now sort of moved away from. Security has has moved away from it, and most people are, are... encrypted with SHA-2, so that's the good news. Um, At any rate, Google is basically, with the equivalent of 110 years of computing from a single GPU, so equivalent of of those kind of resources, um, they can cause what they 
what they're referring to, and I actually had to look up what this was, um, but it's a collision where basically they can produce a document with the exact same hash as, as a legitimate document, um, you know, encrypted document. So basically they can now force in a file that will have the exact same hash as something that's there. So a malicious file. Now it sounds big. It's like 110 years of a single GPU. That's going to take a lot, but you think about a hacker getting, you know, a little botnet together. If they just had 2000 machines, that's now reduced down to 20 days, right? So now double that and you're down to 10 days and you can get a malicious file into an encrypted system. Um, so this is on an old, uh, it's on SHA-1, so it's not a big concern for people right now, but definitely a, a, a sort of power play by Google to go, we have some big problems in our security because we know they've been pushing into getting AI generating keys and things like that and, and AI controlled uh, encryption. Um, I think this is a big play on their end to go, and here's why, because we can break this now. Um, they're in a 90-day holding, and then they're going to tell us how. Um, they did it, and I guess let everybody get out of the SHA-1 system who's still left there. It's unfortunate this came, that this for us that this came up um, today, uh, so close to when we were when we were going to do the show, because the first thing I saw when I when I saw that Google had found a way to replicate a uh, a randomly generated hash was blockchain. Like, how will this affect blockchain? How will this affect um, the, the 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 new accounting methods of the future? Yeah, yeah, that's a good, um, good point. If uh, if a hash, because I mean the cool the cool thing about hashes is they are, or at least were until this morning, um, to the best of our knowledge, completely unique to the information that was being uh, measured against them, that was being expressed in the hash. Mm -hmm. And the only way you could get that same hash was to replicate that exact same information. Um. That was that's what made hashes such a good method of um, tracking uh, accounts in, say, well, in in in, in say like the the the, the Bitcoin, um, the economics of Bitcoin, for instance. Mm -hmm. And again, yeah. if that's if that's even vaguely possibly crackable, <laughs> that changes everything. <laughs> it changes everything, indeed. Sell now, Mortimer. <laughs> Good reference. Thanks. Um, had to get it back from that for the last segment, right? Okay, we got time for one more before uh, before we uh, go to break and before we bring on uh, bring George on. So, okay, here's one that kind of drives me crazy, and you know I, I got to ask George about this too because I'm sure he's got he'll have a he'll have at least something funny to say about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Google has reduced the uh, star rating threshold in uh, in uh, uh, in local or Google My Business. Yep. Um, do you have any local businesses that are dependent on user reviews? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually interesting timing. Just working with a client on on them, like right now. Well, not this second. I'm making radio, but I was <laughs> this morning. Is is this your first? Uh, no, it's not my first, but it's probably the most important. And they have great reviews, but it's it's most important to their industry because they do vacation rentals. Okay, so oh, so it's incredibly important to them because you yeah. know, you're putting your money up online for a rental for a rental of anything, and you're doing it sight unseen. The only thing you can really go off of is other people's opinions, right? That's exactly right. 
Okay, so I've got a client who's in a in a similar industry, not not quite vacation rentals. I'm, I'm can't say exactly who they are because in Toronto it might give away the client. Right. Um, suffice it to say that they really require um, good reviews, and mm-hmm. for the most part, their service ganders some good reviews. Except they have a couple of old ones from when they were giving really crappy service, like five or six years ago. Okay. Before I came along, of course. Of course. Um, of course. And those reviews are pulling down their overall ranking. Right. Um, yeah. And it's driving my client absolutely crazy. And now it's starting to drive me sort of um, baddie-esque crazy as well because my client won't shut up about it. So I got to yeah. warn you, these, uh, these star reviews, these, these review systems, they're a double-edged sword, man. I know, and you know what I would love to see, and I, I've thought this often, um, is a system like a, I don't know, like we can think of links at, at certain times and in, in certain instances, but basically a review from four years ago should have less weighting than a review from four hours ago, to me. I would think um, so. Sort of a, a degradation of the review system. In either direction, if all of your recent reviews are like ones and twos, but you know you used to be good, you shouldn't be sitting there at a four right now if everything you've done over the last year <laughs> you know, is a one or a two or maybe a three um, just because you had a great chef you know, thinking of restaurants like five years ago um, and, and now you don't. So, you know, or vice versa, these scenarios where you fix your scenario. Um, and so... You know, you, you should be rewarded for that, and you shouldn't still be penalized. In the same way, they should carry some weight, but, you know, I'd like to see that weight degrade over time. In, in, indeed. Um, and it, now, it used to be that you needed to have at least five reviews before uh, Google would start showing the uh, showing stars beside your beside search results uh, that, that, that for your name. Mm-hmm. Um, now you only need one. So, marketers, if you have, and I mean, this is this is especially important for uh, for retail, for um, vacation or uh, um, material rentals, what have you, um, where anywhere where trust between uh, uh, vendor and customer is like the utmost important, um, reviews will can really make a difference. And using like one really easy line of schema, you can actually have those reviews show up. Uh, besides search results, making your search results stand out a little bit more than your your competitions might. Just make sure you don't have a crappy review when you when you do that. Well, and, and something else, just for our listeners to understand, if you see that you got no more reviews, but your number changed today, you may also see that as well. Um, they moved from, and I had to look up what this was because I, I didn't actually know the the specific term. But they had moved from the Bayesian average. Um, which means they basically, the, the system was looking at the overall average of your industry for, for specific terms and then weighting your reviews based on that with five-star reviews tending to have a higher rating than, or a higher weighting than just the, you know, one in X number of reviews that it, that it should have. They've now switched with this update to using... The, the standard average that we would be, you know, sort of considering, hey, take the, you know, overall sum of all of the different stars and then divide by the number of reviews, and that's your, your average. They've moved to that system. 
uh, from a system that, that was weighted based on your industry and, and what's considered average in your industry. So people may actually see with no more or less reviews in their system right now that the numbers actually changed as a result of this weighting adjustment right now. Now, when exactly does this change happen? Did it happen? Is it going to happen imminently? Is it happening next week? Did it happen the moment the uh, Search Engine Journal, Journal article got published? That's one thing that drives me crazy, and, and, uh, and, and writers out there, please hear this. Like When you say it's happened, say when it happened. And that would be good to know. I, I did jump in, and I looked at I, chiropractors in Victoria, where I am, and I did see one in two stars, or, or one in two reviews showing up. So they oh, they're now got their stars. So I know that it is there. Um, you know, it, it is functioning in Canada now. So it's okay. not just a U.S. thing at this point. Any chiropractor with only one or two stars beside their review has hurt a lot of people. <laughs> imagine, eh? Yeah, glad okay. I thought to correct that fast. On that, we got to take a break because I think we've got a little bit over time here on uh, – on Webcology. So, friends, we're going to be back in a few minutes. Uh, this is Jim Hedgeman from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Listen to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 23rd of February, 2017. We're back with uh, Moz Locals, George uh, Freetag, in uh, just a few minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. 
We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Where affiliate marketing gets its buzz and mobile has its presence. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Twenty third of February, twenty seventeen. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Audience Media. Dave is from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're joined by George Freetop. Uh, George is the local search evangelist for Moz Local, marketing professionals in the importance of local search strategy. He's going to be uh, talking to Dave and I about local search, and uh, why don't we just like, dive in with um, some changes to um, uh my business. Um, George, first off, welcome to Webcology. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be here, and thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. It's uh, it's always wonderful to have a Mazer on to have a Mazer on the show. Um, yeah. The it's, last... it's, it's exciting on my end, too. I was just going to you know, reiterate how excited I was um, <laughs> to you. <laughs> okay, the last few... Um, Few uh, 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 years have seen tremendous change in uh, in organic search across the mm-hmm. board, but particularly there's been there's been a good deal of change in uh, in local search. Has um, has Google been paying a lot more attention to local over the over the last few years? And if so, um, how have you you guys at Moz? How have you measured all that? Um, well. For the first part of your question, um, Google absolutely has been paying a lot more attention to local, um, and that's with good reason. Local is just becoming more and more popular, especially with the with the rise of, of mobile devices. So the phone is now the most popular way to get to um, any website and to do any searches. Um, local is growing about 50% faster than any other vertical in mobile, and, um, and it's just really just reflective of how people are doing more searches. They're having more expectations of uh, the type of search results that show up. You know, now that you've got, um, everyone's got a phone, they have, Google's got a new piece of information to play around with. And so when you say something like burger, it knows that you're probably looking for a burger restaurant somewhere near you. And so that's sort of, um, the popularity of local has sort of uh, been in response to that. And then on Google's end, the local pack, um, one of the biggest identifiers of, of, uh, of, of local intent from their um, um, from their perspective, that's just showing up more often as well. 
we just did a couple studies and about at this point um, we've got a, um, a feature called MozCast that tracks the different type of search results that show up uh, for various searches over the last couple of years. And at this point, almost a quarter of searches um, that we're tracking out of the 10,000 queries that we're tracking have some sort of local result. And so it's just becoming more and more popular. Um, now, I mean, we're 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 talking to a lot of a lot of marketers here. Like when yeah. you you know when we're chatting, that's that's who our target market is. And I know I was like so excited to have you guys on. I wanted to like try and grab you a couple of weeks ago, but I just thought of it with like five minutes before airing, so it didn't quite work out. Um, you guys made an announcement, and I want to know why um, that it was now connecting um, Google My Business Insights gave out an API. You guys were like on it. It was like two, three weeks after and all of yeah. a sudden your guys' systems were, were tied together. Why do I care about this? Well, it was a big um, deal. So the announcement that we had is, is uh, our new uh, Google My Business Insights integration. And so what that is, um, is that Google My Business has some great uh, metrics related to click to calls coming from right, uh, right from Google, how many people are interacting with uh, photos on your Google My Business profile, how many people are clicking for directions. All of that sort of existed within the Google My Business dashboard and was very useful to, to single businesses. But if you had multiple businesses, more than 10 or so, it became a little bit less um, easy to to work with. So let me just, uh, you know, I can just back up and just say why it's important. I mean, the big the reason why it's important is because, like I said, local is becoming more and more popular, but Google is serving up more and more information directly in the, to the search result. Um, and so, you know, if someone does a search for you, their action, the resulting action is them looking for directions and walking to your place or just clicking that call to button, that call button uh, right from that phone that just immediately calls the business right from the search result. Neither one of those really result in a visit to the website. So that makes tracking the effectiveness of your local campaign very difficult to do because most online analytics are, is based around visits to the website. So those are two really, really strong conversions that have nothing to do with visiting your website. So it's really important that we are able to, to capture that. And so with the new Google My Business API integration, we are now able to extract that information and surface it right into the, the Moz local dashboard. And this is really exciting just because, let's say you're an agency with 1,000 locations. Um, previously, you'd have to go into Google My Business and log into each individual store if you want to see how many people clicked on that call button, how many people asked for directions. And you'd have to look at every single one of those businesses individually. Um, they format the information sort of uh, strangely is I guess would be one way to say it or, or mm -hmm. it's, it's not terribly convenient um, and then you're and so if you want to use that really strong call action data then you're not able to really do much with it from the Google My Business dashboard through the API that we've integrated and um, and it's something we've been keeping our eye on which is why we were able to respond so fast this is kind of what we've been waiting for um, we're able to pull that in and aggregate it based on whatever um, labels you define within the Moz local dashboard. So if you're an agency, you can say, I want to know how many calls were generated in January for this client. Or if you're uh, a brand, you can say the you know Northwest region, uh, I want all stores in the Northwest regions, I want all driving directions that were pulled in the last two weeks, so you can see how well our local marketing investment is doing there. Um, and so it's really, really useful for pretty much anyone, whether you're on their brand side or the agency side, and it's, it's the missing piece of information that everyone has kind of been looking for for a long time. So it's information that we had, we just had it miserably. 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> and now way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and now we can have to. So in the real world now, I mean, we have access to this information a, a lot faster. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, now, what sort of decisions? I mean, you guys, I, I know mods, you guys have have complicated systems and, and you're not the only ones, you know, where we can see a, a lot of a lot of data. So how would I use this? Um, you know, I can I can see this this click to call data. Um, you know, I can now see people using this driving directions. So help me understand what decisions I'm making based on based on now I'm seeing, okay, you know, yeah, somebody entered this and, and they're driving in. I mean, how do I maybe a, a better way of wording this? How do I combine that with my other metrics now to actually understand what's working and what isn't in the context of, okay, that's great. Now I've got this date over here, but it's still miserable to combine that with my website data, right? Is, is there systems yet or are they being worked on to sort of allow me to combine all of this data into, into one decision-making format? Yes. And so within the, the Google My Business dashboard, we surface all of that information together. And so we also plug into Google Analytics so you can, um, you know, see what sort of um, um, impact you're having on your, so it pulls in your actual website traffic so you can see any correlation here. But the biggest thing is really that you can just see how your overall local marketing investments um, are impacting the, 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 um, the behavior of people with your local business. And so, you know, the thing about the, those calls, those click to calls and those driving directions, those are the best metrics that we could really hope for. Most people are getting to um, especially on their mobile devices, are getting to, to businesses through Google. And so the fact that we can pull that information and look at it and use that, you know, view it on a monthly basis, cut it, how, cut it up however you want to associate it with specific campaigns, associate it with your specific clients, um, that's something that has not been, um, was not possible to do uh, uh, prior to our integration. Um, like I said, you know, you could do view it on an independent basis, but really there in any workflow for any sort of brand or an agency, that wasn't possible. Before I was at Moz, I was a SEO consultant and um, we would do periodic spot checks where we would log into 500 businesses and do that and it would take, a, um, it would take days, weeks to get all that information together and put that together for a single report and that's just not practical. That's not a good use of resources, that doesn't really yield very great information because it's not, you know, when you do things in sort of those periodic snapshots, they're not very representative. Now we're able to have the raw uh, data to allow brands and agencies to fuel large uh, local marketing investment decisions. And I think that's ultimately why Google released it, because it means that people um, are able to invest uh, more strongly into local uh, search as a, as a vertical and as a channel within their marketing strategy and allows them to drive decisions um, that can really, really help, help uh, their business. Now, of course, I mean, measuring success is, is important. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we all know that. We all need to justify what we charge. Right? So the ability to measure success is, is important. That's why I was like, okay, I love the, this, this announcement. Of course, you need a success to measure mm-hmm. to, to begin with. Um, I mean, we're heading into, you know, what, what I consider, you know, I'm, I'm from Victoria. Heck, you're from Seattle, right? I mean, these are two towns that do a lot of, of business during the summer. We've got a lot of people around us, you do too, who need to be getting it together related to local. Where do they even start? There's been so many changes going on lately. Mm-hmm. Where do people 
start if they i mean obviously okay we'll skip just past the claim your business location we'll assume <laughs> you know our, yeah. our audience is there and now they're actually trying to figure out what to do how do you compete in local well, um, you know, local in a lot of ways is just is, is like the traditional SEO strategy where you've got to be relevant and you want to be showing up where um, where your potential customers are. And, and one of the goals of, of Moz Local is just to bridge sort of the, the, the real world gap between how people are using their devices to find businesses and what the business owner has to do. And so, you know, one of the larger challenges that exists within local is, like you mentioned, Google My Business, lots of people know they're supposed to claim that for whatever reason. They might not know why, but usually business owners will kind of know that. Um, still, a lot of people don't. And that is still a huge challenge is getting, uh, um, is getting people to send their information to Google. But then on top of that, there's also all these other places that you have to uh, show up. You've got to be on um, on Apple Maps. Lots of businesses have to be on Yelp. There's still Bing. There's still navigation devices. There's still apps. Um, lots of apps get their information from Foursquare, which is something not many people are know. Um, and so all of those are different places that you really have to be if you want to make sure that your business is reaching all, as many people as possible and all the people that are finding you because they're looking for you, uh, you know, via Uber or directly like, like Uber's uh, kind of been releasing or if they're asking Siri or if they're asking their Windows phone. Uh, so you got to be in multiple places. And Moz Local is designed to really sort of bridge that gap and just give them one spot. You sign up here. We get you on all those places so you don't have to worry about it. And then not only that, you can actually measure uh, the effectiveness of the effectiveness of, of, uh, of your local marketing efforts. Um, and so really, location data is where you start with local because that's the most important factor that sort of drives customers to different stores. Now, I mean, let's say we have um, two people in there, you know, both of them are restaurants. They're, they're five feet away from each other. Yes. Uh, both of them have gone to Moz, you know, independently, <laughs> or maybe they're both managed by the same agency. Uh, so both of them have that exact same footprint, right? As far mm -hmm. as they, they both taken care of that. Of course, there needs to be tiebreakers or there, there needs to be other things. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I've used Moz local, so kudos. It's a, it is a really slick system. Um, what do you do next? Like what, what do I do to stand out? Once my citation points are all there, you know, the ones you'd list, you know, I've, I've got, you know, Yelp sorted. I've, you know, got my Google, my business listing, everything sort of synced up and my nap is all, all set up. Right. Um, you know, across all the properties, how do I differentiate myself in the eyes of Google in, in a scenario where, you know, two people can use the same system, get, get those signals together. What is the tiebreaker? Well, that's when it really comes down to, um, you know, the, the second half of, of your SEO strategy. And so assuming that you've got your, all of your location data um, stuff in place, that's really the foundation that you need to build upon. Then it comes into things like content. Um, about 40% of, of folks look up information um, about a, you know, of, uh, looks out, look up information about a store when they are already um in there, and so when people are even after they've actually visited the store, even actually they've they, they've uh, even after they're sort of on their way to a specific location, they're still doing research about um, your business. If you're they're going to a restaurant, they're still looking up stuff about the menu. Even if there's you know in your example, there's two places right next to each other. Uh, people are typically 
uh, doing follow-up research about that, and they're continuing to do um, um, to look at their phones. They just have, you know, with a phone, you've got an endless supply of information in front of you, and people are, are absolutely using that. And so that's when it really uh, uh, becomes very important to understand your 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 customers, understand, uh, give them the information they want on their website, make sure that you uh, have some positive reviews showing up in the in, in those um, uh, for your business. You know, you. you you want to be sure that at least you've got a few people um, that are saying that you're a great place because that absolutely influences uh, customer decisions and um, and just overall just a lot of the the um, you've got photos um, available on your um, Google My Business and also on your website and uh, really sort of go the extra mile to convince customers that you're the right choice out of the other people uh, around you. Okay, um, we're going to leave, the, leave it at that for a few moments. George, if we get you to stick around, we have to take a couple commercials here on Webology sure. on cranberry.fm. Appreciate that. Thank you. So we'll, we'll be back in a couple seconds with uh, George Freitag, the um, local local search uh, evangelist at Moz Local. It's, uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Friends, you're listening to Webology on cranberry.fm on the 23rd of February, 2017. Stick around. We're uh, got some more after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. Web College. 
technology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Webcology here on Crime Radar FM. It's the 23rd of February, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And we're joined by uh, George, if I get the name wrong again, George, I apologize. George Freitag from uh, Moz Local. He's the uh, local search evangelist at Moz Local. And uh, it's maybe a silly question, but how much do you have to evangelize with uh, Moz clients about getting involved with local search these days? Um, is that one of those things that people just, just or that new, that clients just get that they must be involved? Or do you do you actually have to act as an evangelist and, and explain it to them? Um, well, you've been, you'll, you'd be surprised. Um, you know, local search is still relatively, it's, it's in that sort of area where it's relatively new. Um, it's new enough that not a lot of people are that invested in, in it, but it has been around long enough that it's no longer the hot new thing. And so in that sense, people do sort of need to be reminded about how it's important. And, um, you know, the, one of the problems and one of the reasons why, um, um, lots of businesses just don't, uh, invest in local as they should um, is just because it's hard to measure and hard to track and it's hard to really determine the return of investment um, of, a, of a local search uh, um, um, line item in your budget. And so that's one of the things that we're really trying to to, um, to help businesses out with. But having what said that, you know, it's, it's, it's become a lot more prominent than it was maybe a few years ago when, um, um, when I remember uh, trying to convince brands that local even existed. So in that sense, it's actually, it's, it's moved uh, forward. Definitely. One of the things that we've been talking about pretty frequently on, uh, on this show is the advent of, um, home personal assistance like Google mm-hmm. home or, uh, or Cortana or what have you. And the kind of search results or, um, product, I guess, results that, your home personal assistant will bring back to you. Um, there, you're not going to see a list of, of uh, 10 products in a completely verbal environment. How do you think your involvement, your, your store, your clients, or whomever's involvement in local search might affect uh, placement or reference from, you know, from, from, from home, from home assistant devices? Yeah, well, you know, at, at Moz, we've actually done a lot of research in what drives those answers in those home virtual assistant devices like Google Home or, or Alexa. And so for, for local, um, I mean, I'll just start with, with web. Um, we've got a, a series of blog posts by one of my colleagues, Dr. Pete, who uh, um, is a data scientist here at Moz. Um, and he, you know, determined... Uh, I mean, he identified that a lot of Google Home's answers are just coming right from those answer boxes. And so if you do a search and you see an answer box show up, if you type in a question and sometimes this little chunk of information right at the very top of the search results, that's exactly the information um, uh, that Google will read out loud with their virtual assistants. Uh, similar to that, local-based um, verbal queries are directly driven by those same local uh, Google My Business, local pack directories um, uh, results 
um, that fuel local. So in a sense, if you're investing in local search, some sort of strategy like data location management um, to make sure that you're showing up in all the right places, that's really the best thing you can do to optimize for those virtual assistant searches since they're going to get their information directly from uh, whichever directory they partner with. Google obviously uses, it, uh, uses itself. And then um, Siri uses the Apple database, uh, which is fueled by various sources like Yelp. And then Alexa uses um, um, pretty much just, just Yelp directly um, for their local business information. Okay, well, maybe you can help me out here. Um, Dave has Google Home running in his office, sitting right okay. beside him right now. Yeah. And at least once a show, once an episode, I try to order yeah. a sofa for him, and I've not been <laughs> successful yet. Can, can you help? <laughs> um, what, are some of, what are some of the ways of, uh, of, for clients thinking about voice search and, you know, moving forward, um, you know, looking, looking forward a couple of years, what you and George, to go back to, to uh, an answer you gave Dave earlier, you were talking about ways of seeding your local, your uh, Google My Business profile to get uh, better placements and better views. What are some of the ways you would recommend seeding? Is it is it better to use text, to use reviews, to get your customers to do it for you? Um, do, should you hire people to do this for you? What's the best way to, um, I guess, um, functionally trick out your uh, your profile well um you know like i said it starts out with having a, a, a profile so if we're going to stick with google home um for for this uh google home is is going to get its, its results directly from google my business and it's just making sure that that information is accurate that the categories that you're using are very very relevant to your searches um those little categories of google my business are, are going to be the the number uh, the second most important piece of information um, that virtual assistants and phones use, apart from the actual, the, the literal proximity, um, the literal the literal place where the person is doing the search. Um, so you want to uh, uh, make sure that you're, you, 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 everything's correct in the Google My Business. Then the second part of that is that the way that Google decides which of its multiple uh, business locations to uh, show in, in, in either the local pack or a virtual assistant voice uh, answer is by verifying that information, just being confident in it. And the way that Google becomes more and more confident in business listing is if it shows up on other prominent places like data aggregators, specific phone directories, and things like that. So that's really going to be the best way. The second thing is to approach it from the content side. So you know that, you again, you've got your data location stuff nailed down, but you're going to expect some follow-up questions. And so if you have reviews that, that are available on your website, if you're answering just general questions, especially if, if you've got a specific product focus, if you can answer some questions like that in a way that's appealing to a voice search, then you not only nail that initial search or that um, that that on-the-go moment where they're um, – where they're looking for something, you also are um, intercepting the searcher during the research portion. Now, I mean, there's there's a lot going on here now that we're talking about voice too. I mean, I, I don't think I have yes. to tell you that. Um, and of course, that does tie a lot to to local. Now, what we're seeing a lot going, and I only mention this because we've chatted a few times about this on the on the show over the past, over the past weeks. I mean, Google's getting just 
right in the in the nitty gritty now, telling us what parking's like where we are. What, yeah. Like I mean, they're they're letting us know everything. What kind of impact is just the environment around us going to start to have? Um, like right now, we can talk about hey, to rank on local. You know, here's what you need to be able to do. Um, you know, you need to be on these places. You need to have these kind of links. You need to you know optimize your site like this or or whatnot. Now that they're they're going to be taking into account, we can see the writing on the wall, what's sort of going on around us. What sort of impact do you see that happening on my ability to rank if somebody's looking up a restaurant and Google goes, well, you know what, all the parkades near you look full. It, it, what will that do? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely changing. And uh, the way that, that habits um, are changing, um, uh, the way that behavior is, is going on on search is, is changing all the time. And Google is definitely responding to that. I mean, the best thing that anyone can do is, is um, understand their demographic very well. And this goes beyond local to every single portion of, of search. Um, you just have to, everyone has to be a better expert at understanding their audience and knowing where their audience is going, knowing what kind of questions, what sort of research um, they are doing uh, to lead them up to the decision. So with local, that's really a, that's, that's a final moment. So local is your investment at the very, very end of the marketing funnel, where someone's made a decision like, okay, I've decided I'm going to actually get off, off, off my couch and walk all the way to my car and drive somewhere. That's a pretty big decision to convince someone to do. And so local is really re representative of that. But before that happens, there's lots of little mini searches. There's lots of other campaigns taking place. Um, and the focus of every marketer and every business and, and brand and agency needs to be to better understand those steps that lead towards that final local decision. Local helps you get there uh, after they've made the decision, but the decision-making portion is a process that's happening through lots of research, lots of follow-up searches, and knowing your audience to do that, it's, uh, um, that's going to be your best bet. I know I'm, I'm getting notice from the studio that I got probably like a minute here, so okay. I'm going to make this super quick. What is coming up next? At Moz, what should I be keeping my eyes open for? Well, we're going to be making some pretty big uh, improvements on both our Moz Pro and uh, Moz Local products. The most immediate thing we have coming up is our full integration with Yelp. So we already report on Yelp in a lot of ways. But like I said, Yelp's the big driver for like Apple and Alexa. And we, want, and we are going to be able to push information directly to them through our product uh, by this quarter. Well, excellent. Um, George? Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Eh? Oh, it was my pleasure. Hey, friends, that was uh, George Freitag from Moz Local. He's the uh, local search evangelist at Moz Local. And that's it. We're out of time. We've been through a full hour. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It's the 23rd of February, 2017. Friends, it's... Uh, well, if you're on the West Coast, you know it's wintertime. If you're on the East Coast, I assure you, it's still wintertime. Dress warmly next week is coming back. We'll join you next week. Stick around the network. Um, more great content coming up after the news. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.